helped defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Family Life International presents Father Nicholas Grace of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. To learn more about the Institute, go to www.ive.org. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The sisters Martha and Mary sent this message to Jesus. Lord, the man you love is ill. On receiving this message, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death, but in God's glory. And through it, the Son of God will be glorified. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he learned that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was for two more days before saying to the disciples, let us go to Judea. On arriving, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days already. When Martha heard that Jesus had come, she went to meet him, while Mary remained sitting in the house. Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatever you ask of God, he will grant you. Your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, even though he dies, will live, and whoever believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who has come into this world. Jesus said in great distress with a sigh that came straight from the heart, Where have you put him? They said, See how much he loved him. But there were some who remarked, He opened the eyes of the blind man. Could he not have prevented this man's death? Still sighing, Jesus reached the tomb. It was a cave with a stone to close the opening. And Jesus said, Take the stone away. And Martha said to him, Lord, by now he will smell. This is the fourth day. And Jesus replied, Have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing my prayer. I knew indeed that you always hear me, but I speak for the sake of all those who stand round me, so that they may believe it, that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried in a loud voice, Lazarus, here, come out. The dead man came out, his feet and hands bound with bands of stuff and a cloth round his face. And Jesus said to him, Unbind him, let him go free. Many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> Quite some years ago, President, Vice President at that time, George Bush, represented the U.S. government at the funeral 
of the recently deceased former Soviet leader Leonid, Leonid Brezhnev. Bush was deeply moved, clearly, by the behavior at the funeral of Brezhnev's widow. During the whole ceremony, she didn't say anything at all. She stood there completely motionless until just before they were about to close the tomb, the coffin. And then this old lady did what's probably the greatest act of civil disobedience in the history of the world. <laughs> she came over to his tomb, leant over, and very clearly traced the sign of the cross on his chest. Here in the citadel of atheistic communist power, she makes a gesture to say her husband was wrong, that this so-called utopia on earth was wrong. She showed her belief in the real utopia, the place where our Lord Jesus Christ is the president, paradise. Why? Well, in his ministry, Jesus raised from the dead the daughter of Jairus, Talita Kum, comes back to life. He raised the son of the widow of Nain. And as we've heard today, he raised from the dead Lazarus. After being in the tomb four days, witnessed by I don't know how many witnesses, the crowning miracle of Jesus' ministry, yes. The widow of Leonard Brezhnev believed this and believed the words that Jesus said to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. He finished by saying, Do you believe this, Martha? Jesus Christ asks us the same question as he asked Martha. Do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe I can mend your wounds, your brokenness? Do you believe? Jesus promises resurrection in the new world, but also fullness of life in this world. He makes not just a promise about the future, but also an invitation here in the present to resurrect, change, convert our own lives and then the lives of those around us. The lives of those around us we can touch and change. How? St. Paul made it very clear in his letter today. If the Spirit of the One who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised him from the dead will give life to you also. Life through his spirit dwelling in you. We don't die and then the spirit starts to dwell in us. We live if the spirit is dwelling in us now. If it's not, there's many means to make it dwell in us, but it needs to be there because Whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Do not belong to God. 
So we're either in the spirit or in the flesh. Important question then, what does it mean to be in the flesh? Again, the Holy Scripture is our guide. St. John writes to one of the first Christian communities a letter in which he says, In the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are of the world, not of the Father. Dear friends, these three temptations I've just made, I've just named, are experienced, have been experienced by every single one of us, except little five-year-olds. No matter what sin we commit, and I know we've all committed many, one or some, but never none of these temptations, at least one of them, is always present when we commit a sin. That's why we need to be aware of them. Today we're going to learn a little bit about each of these temptations that we might be more prepared for them when they come about. Lust of the flesh, number one. That is temptation to physical satisfaction and pleasure in a sinful manner. The old favorites, sex and violence. Sexual sins. We can boil it down to this very simple. It's a rhyme, it's easy to remember. Either having sex with people who are already married or insisting on having sex but not getting married. Very simple, very simple. Sexual sins. Violence, physical and psychological. Us men, we commit the physical violence a lot more than the ladies. But the ladies commit the psychological violence a lot more than the men, which I mean backbiting, gossiping, begrudging. That's a little bit more of a female trait, while the men is more the violence with their fists and both of them, though, lust of the flesh. Both sexes, though, can succumb to drug abuse, drug use, alcohol abuse. Lust of the flesh. Second temptation, lust of the eyes. Temptation in which the beauty or the visual appearance of something reels us in. It's a temptation to have things that we shouldn't. We're particularly protected by the Tenth Commandment against this. Covetousness. Desiring to have people's success, appearance, material possessions. We have the expression here in Scotland, as in Ireland, keeping up with the Joneses. Is that right? Do you understand that expression here? Keeping up with the Joneses, Father, is that a sin? It's a sin when we waste our money and our resources on things that we don't need at the expense of things that we really do need. 
getting the brand new Range Rover just because Mr. Jones has it, or the new plasma television, or getting my hair blow dried in the hairdressers every single week just because Mrs. Jones does it. No. Little Johnny hasn't had a new pair of football boots for three years. The kids are eating meat once a week. Hasn't paid the phone bill again. Not to mention the fact that the, the tension that it causes in the family, no? When we get ourselves into debt for silly things, it causes stress and grief, and that's between the, the couple and then the children and then everyone else, and then sin. Lust of the eyes. Third one is the pride of life, which is behind all of them, really. It's behind all of them. The sinful temptation for excess, for greatness or power in a disordered manner. This is a sin that God hates, hates the most. The beautiful angel, the angel of light, Luke's Lucifer, by pride became the devil of darkness, Satan, the adversary. What are some examples of this pride of life? Desiring credit for things that other people have done. Ambition. Attributing to ourselves God's gifts. The glory belongs to God. We attribute it to ourselves. Desiring others to worship us in a disproportionate manner. We don't do a lot of that, but many people do. It's like when people will do, for example, tremendously immoral things for fame, to be worshipped. Think of a celebrity idiot, celebrity big brother, big brother this, big brother that, reality TV. So many of them are at this. You know, I have a friend from Australia, and she was on X Factor or The Voice or one of those, I can't remember which, it was eight years ago about. She was on that with her sisters, reality, let's get famous singing. And as they progressed through the competition, the producers of the show kept encouraging them to wear less and less clothes. They got to the final and they were told to basically dress like they should be in Soho. And they were told, this is what will get you to win. You'll win this. You'll get the record contract. You'll get But their little sisters were watching. Their parents were watching. They had some morals. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They didn't win. They didn't get the record contract. They didn't get the penthouse apartment in Sydney or London or Los Angeles. But what one of those sisters did get was her vocation. And now she's in Papua New Guinea, Sister Kaluse. She's probably got malaria but she's being sanctified and she's not going to get a penthouse apartment in Sydney, but she's going to get a penthouse apartment in heaven. She overcame a very difficult temptation to the pride of life. For us mere mortals, it's a bit easier. I suppose the worst thing we do in the pride of life is name dropping to associate ourselves with people who are more important than us so that we might feel more important than other people. Yeah, Father, I was over there and the uncles on Saturday. 
And Scott Brown was there, you know, so he says, Scott, listen. Name dropper. So you know Scott Brown. Wow. Is this a sin to be name dropping? No, it's just stupid. And it opens the door to temptations, real temptations, the pride of life. Look, every sin we commit will have one of these three temptations around. I mentioned them today. It's very convenient. We're in Lent. When our Lord was in the desert, the first Lent, He received these three temptations. Adam's Eve, our first mother in the Garden of Eden, she received the three temptations. Jesus overcame them. Eve did not. We remember the text from the book of Genesis. Temptation. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to look at, lust of the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, wise like God, pride of life, she took the fruit and did eat and gave also unto her husband. We know the rest of the story, right? He did eat, they did sin, we do suffer. We suffer the consequences of their original sin. Effects which make us weak at the knees for the sins of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which eventually will bring death. Should we be afraid, upset, depressed, think it's all over? We should, we could, but we won't. Very simply, because we have the promises of the Holy Scripture. We have the promises of St. Paul and our blessed Lord that we heard before him. Let me conclude then today's sermon as we can conclude our lives tomorrow, next week, next year, next month, whenever, with that same confidence. Because of these words, if the Spirit of the One who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the One who raised Him from the dead will give life to you also. Life through His Spirit dwelling in you. Because I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord, whoever believes in Me, even if he dies, will live. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm-hmm.